Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Matthew, the first chapter. Before I read Matthew 1, I just want to quickly read Isaiah 7, 14. Why? Because it's the prophecy that God gave. It's called a messianic prophecy uh, that he gave regarding Jesus. Here's what he said. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the woman, the young woman who is unmarried and a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, the word Emmanuel in the Hebrew means this. I love this. It means strength as in strong support coming from the Almighty One. Hallelujah. Strength as in strong support coming from God Almighty. Everybody say amen to that. So this is exactly what he was saying. He said, his name shall be called Emmanuel, strength as in strong support. Again, the day that Adam transgressed in the garden, he was separated from God spiritually. He lost his spiritual life. And, uh, and then the, uh, the, sad, uh, the more sad news about that is that that curse of spiritual death entered all of human race. And, uh, and that is why Jesus came into the world. It was to restore to humanity spiritual life or the life of God so that God once again could, uh, could uh, have his family back. Or the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, how many are glad that you called upon the name of the Lord and he responded to your call? I'm also grateful for that. So before Adam even fell, the good news is that God had already in motion the plan of redemption. God was not caught off guard. He, he had a plan of redemption that we would reverse the curse of spiritual death. Let me give you the definition of redemption. Sometimes we throw out these words, but what does that really mean? Here's what it means. It's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. I heard this years ago. As sinners, we had a debt we could not pay, but Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And I'm so grateful for that, that he paid a price for us that we were unable to pay ourselves. He did it for us. God did it for us. There's a scripture in Romans 3. It says this out of the Message Bible. Well, Romans 3 says that all of us, um, uh, all of us have fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned and fallen short. Here's what it says in the Message Bible. Since we've compiled this long and sor sorry record as sinners, both us and them, meaning the Jews, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us, God did it for us. Somebody shout amen. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be, and he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Amen. So everyone here should be able to give God a good shout of praise that God did it for us. Come on, everybody. God did it for us. Amen. He really did. Our Savior came as Emmanuel, um, as a, a strong support from God Almighty to give us what we needed. None of us have an, uh, any idea of what we're going to be confronted with this coming year. Uh, you know, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, uh, but the good news is God delivers us out of them all. But none of us know what's going to be coming in 2017. How many are expecting a glorious year in 2017? I am also, I'm, I'm trusting God for that. However, with all of these challenges, we can be assured of this one thing, that God is here in our presence. God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us always. And everybody say amen. Now, Matthew, the first chapter, I want to read verse 
18, it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, means that before they had sexual intimacy, the Bible says that she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing uh, to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. See, when you accepted Jesus into your life, you, con- you, were, you, you, you conceived the nature of God on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost. The Bible calls it being born again. Your life has changed on the inside. Is, is everybody happy about that? Amen. You're born again. You're made right with God. You have now the nature of God. And um, let's go on. It says, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that, he might be fu- that it might be fulfilled which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah. We just read that. Saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. I looked up in the, in the Greek, Emmanuel, God with us, but there was another phrase that I thought was, it is, it's the same, but yet maybe you can think about it a little different. Instead of God with us, with us is God. With us is God. Why is that important? Because the emphasis is on God. Say, with us is God. Yeah, God is with us, yeah, but with us is God. He's that strong support that we need for everything that we face in life. He's there. He promised he would be there as that support. Amen. That's what the word Emmanuel means in the Old Testament. It's a strong support. God is our support. What is a support? It's the, it's the foundation. It's the structure beneath your life that holds you up in the midst of uh, great battles, in the midst of great storms. God is our support. Everybody say amen to that. Hallelujah. He's with us. His presence, his strength, his wisdom, his favor, his help is with us entering into this new year. The word with, God is with us or with us is God. The word with there in the Greek means to accompany, to stand in support of, to, to participate in. Amen. It's a covenant term. So what does that mean to you? Whatever you're dealing with in life, God is there supporting you. Listen, not support. He doesn't support you in your compromises. He supports you in your faith and obedience to his word. He supports you and gives you the strength that you need for whatever you're facing in your life. I just want you to know that whether it's relationally, whether it's physically, whether it's uh, emotionally, socially, whatever you're needing in life, God is there to support what he's promised in his word. Once you find a promise in God's word, God will support that and make sure it comes to pass in your life. Come on, everybody. God, see, that's what, this is what Emmanuel is all about. God is with us, but more importantly, with us is God. Say, with us is God. And I, I want you to turn to Exodus, the 33rd chapter. I want to read um, a, a, a scripture to you regarding this very thing. In Exodus 33, um, now up to this point in Exodus 33, Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt, 430 years of bondage. Why is this important that we understand this? Because I don't care how many generational curses have come up to your life, Jesus came to set you uh, free from generational curses. I don't know what, what was in the genes of your mom and dad, but you got new genes. They're in Jesus, and you needed to take hold of what he's promised you in his word. Can I have an amen? <clears throat> it's very important. God redeemed us. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. So he successfully 
led them out. Now, now he's got to finish his mission, and that's to lead them in to this land of promise. I call it, I call it this, their promised land of spiritual identity and prosperity. Let's read it. Exodus, the 33rd chapter. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel. I love this. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out. Do you see that? I will drive out. Remember when they got to the promised land, they sent the 12 spies in. Ten came back. Two came back with a good report. Ten came back with an evil report. And the evil report the voice, you know, there was a, the loud voice of unbelief spread across two and a half, three, to three million people, and they, they were not able to go in and possess the land, the Bible says, because of unbelief. Ten came back with an evil report. But God said, isn't that something? God told him right here. He said, I will send an angel, and I will drive out your enemies. Hallelujah. You just keep your faith in me, and I'll do the rest. That's what God's saying to you. Keep your faith in God, he will do the rest. I said, keep your faith in God, and he'll do the rest. He goes on and says this, and I will drive out the, Hitt- the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, Perizzites, the Hivites, Jebusites, and on all the other sites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. He, God was so frustrated with Israel because they, stiff-necked means they refused to turn from their ways and trust God. And so God said, I want you to do it, Moses. You take them forward. I'm going to grace you for it. I'm going uh, to give you the, the support. I'm going to participate in this, in this, which I've called you to do. Amen. And so the Bible says, um, verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. The, the tabernacle, remember, it was the house of God. The tabernacle was the worship center. The tabernacle was the place that they came and, and, and received right standing with God through the, through the shed blood of that, that, that bowl, that the uh, high priest would bring the blood of the the blood of the bowl into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled upon the mercy seat, therefore providing mercy and forgiveness for the children of Israel. For, he did it once a year, so they received forgiveness for, for that year. Isn't that good? Is God awesome or what? And so he pitched the tent out, uh, out away from the congregation, watch this, uh, far off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. Uh, just, just think about that. It wasn't the tabernacle of Moses. It was the tabernacle of the congregation, meaning everybody could benefit from the presence of God. It isn't just the person next to you. I said, you can benefit from the presence of God. Hallelujah. This house is a tabernacle of God. Uh, 108 years ago, God put in the vision of a man to build this beautiful building. And 108 years later, God is still being glorified in this building. Is that awesome? How many are grateful that God put a vision in the heart of a man to build this facility? It's just awesome. God is so wonderful. I, I, I don't know, how, you know, he probably stood up, we've been in the city here, stood upon this property and said, God, if you give me this property, I'll build you a house. <laughs> and God graced him to do so. And we're grateful. We're receiving the benefits of that today. Uh, the Bible says, then it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. It came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. I, I watch this. It came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and 
stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. Oh, this was awesome. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle, and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. See, some people today think that the preacher is the only one that gets the answers to, your, to the problems of your life. But God will give you the answers, because if you seek him, you will find him. Hallelujah. It isn't just for the priest. Uh, the, I mean, the Old Testament priests, yes, but for the New Testament, we're all priests, and we're all kings, and we all have access to the answers that God has in his word. Hallelujah. And there's nothing more exciting than hearing from God. There's nothing more exciting than when he shows you a promise in his word. He shows that to you so you can stand on that and receive whatever he's promised to you. From salvation to healing to deliverance to, to guidance, whatever you need in your life, God has provided that in his word. That's why he calls it the bread, the bread of life. Amen. Let's go on. So he's standing. He's in the presence of God. God is talking with him. Verse 11, and the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again unto the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. I think that's so beautiful because as as we'll find out in just a moment, it was Joshua that God gave the assignment to to finish what Moses didn't finish. So here's Joshua in the presence of God receiving from God what he needed to take on that mission. God will never call you to do something that he won't grace you to do it. I don't care what it is. If it's walking in love, it's forgiving someone, you know, if it's standing on the word for something in your life, God will grace you to do what you think you can't do on your own. God will never, God is unjust to call you to do something you can't do. Amen. He's, he's faithful. I said he's faithful. Let's go on. And the Bible says, Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, thou, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. I mean, imagine this. Imagine for a moment. These people are so messed up that God doesn't even want to be around them. (laughs) But he says, hey, Moses, you do it. (laughs) If I do it, they're in trouble. You You go ahead and do it. I think that's awesome. And the reason that's awesome is because Moses knew the frailty of humanity. Moses knew just how messed up mankind was because Moses was. Moses was not that perfect leader. But he was the one that had a heart for God and would do what God called him to do. Can I have an amen? So he goes on and says this. Verse 14, this is what I want to get to. And God said, my presence will go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I stand and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? so shall we be separated, and I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And as you go on and read this, oh, I'm going to finish this one part, because I want to show you how good God is. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. This is God. This is Moses saying, God, show me thy glory. Give me a sign. Show me thy glory. Watch this now. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Did you get that? All my goodness. Say, God is good. Amen. All my goodness before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and merciful, and show mercy to whom I shall show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall not no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, 
There is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And that rock, of course, we know is Jesus. And it shall come to pass while my glory passes by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall you not see. So what's so beautiful about this story is this. God wanted Moses to know. Moses, what I've called you to do, you can't do on your own. But if you'll keep your eyes on the one that's leading you, I will empower you to get to finish what I've called you to do. Keep your eyes on the backside of God. Amen. That's exactly what he meant. You keep your eyes on me. You'll never see my face, but you'll see my backside, and just keep focused on me. Whatever I've called you to do in your life, just stay focused on me. I'm leading you. And we'll see from the scripture, he said, I'll never leave you. I'm leading you. I'm going to guide you all the way so that you can finish what I've called you to do. Somebody shout amen to that. So praise the Lord. God was leading the children of Israel into, listen, their promised land of spiritual identity and prosperity. Now, what's interesting is just what happened this past week, that Obama, for the first time, a president of the United States has uh, joined the UN against Israel. And uh, they, 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 uh, they passed some legislation saying that Israel can no longer build well, guess what? Israel is not going to listen to them. That, that land belongs to Israel. I don't care how politically incorrect it is. That land belongs to Israel, and they have a right to their land. Can I have an amen? And, uh, and uh, this president joined the other UN, of course, and we just thank God that uh, president-to-be uh, Donald Trump is a lover of Israel and a supporter of Israel. And God, uh, thank God he is because I wouldn't want to see what comes upon this nation if that wasn't the case. So, but it is interesting the, how that through all the gender, think about this, kids. Why would there be such an upheaval over this little piece of real, real estate? They said you can fit nine Israels into South Dakota. That's how small the nation is. At one place, it's 10 miles wide. I mean, it's such a small piece of real estate. Why is there so much contention over this real estate? Because it's Israel's. It belongs, God has said it belongs to my people. Now, you have to understand, you've got to fight for everything God's promised you in his word. It ain't just going to come without a, a, a faith battle. You have to understand that. I said, you have to understand that. It's time for some of you to grow up, take a hold of the word of God, and stand upon the word of God because God always honors his word. Come on, everybody. Always. Amen. Always. Now turn one more scripture and we'll be finished. Joshua, the first chapter. In Joshua, the first chapter, there's some, there's some uh, terminology I want to read to you, some covenant words that God promised to him. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to this Jordan, thou and all this people under the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Now I love verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses." Amen. So he gives them this, this, uh, the boundaries of it. And verse 5 says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. There it is. I will support you. I'm going to participate in what I've called you to do. I'm going to be there. You've got to understand that. When you're going through something, you are not alone. I said you're not alone. 
There's a TV, a new TV show on TV. It's, it's actually called Alone. They pick 10 people and they set them on an island. I don't know if you've even seen it. They set them on an island with just a few items and they have to, they have to the, whoever stays there the longest wins a half a million dollars. And they have, you know, all sorts of animals. Uh, this one now, they've got, they've got big cats. What are they called? Uh, pumas. And they've got all sorts of, you know, uh, oh, wild hog, uh, wild hogs, and you know, just all. And it's really scary because they're out there with a camera, and that's all they got, you know, and a hatchet, you know, and um, and uh, and so. And, but you know what their greatest enemy is? Aloneness, being isolated and separated without anybody else there. That's their greatest enemy, is being alone. And I know when you're going through, I've been there so many times in my life that when you're going through, I'm, I, I'm, I'm probably got more fault of this than anybody. When, I, when, I, when I'm hurting and I, I, I just, I, I want to be alone, isolated, but that's the worst place you can be. And, and, but, but the good news is God, you're not alone. God is always with you. I want you to know that. God is always there with you for whatever you have to face in your life. You're not alone. Say, I'm not alone. Not alone. Say, amen, because with us is God. Say, with us is God. Say, with me is God. So Josh, he told Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you can boldly say, oh, no, I'm going to read that in Hebrews. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, I'll be with you. Verse 7 says, only be you strong, uh, as they amplified, and very courageous that you may be able to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart or it will not leave your mouth. In other words, it's supposed to stay right there in your mouth. Just declare what I've called you to do. He goes, and, but you shall meditate on it, my word, day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that's written therein. For then you're going to make your way prosperous. The word prosperous actually means to push forward, to break out and become mighty. And then you shall do wisely and have good success. Hallelujah. So that was his promise. And guess what? The good news is Joshua finished what Moses didn't. And, and it's the same with your life. Listen, I don't know how many, you know, generational curses are. I know we, there were genera ge generational curses in our lives. And, and uh, surely this whole Christian journey, is, it, it really is. A, it's a journey of, of uncertainty in the, as far as the natural Things are constantly changing. Things happened, uh, and you had no control over it. And you go, what's going on? So what do we do during those times? I uh, know a lot of times we just blame ourselves, but we got to go back to the Word of God to find out what the Bible says about us so that we can overcome it. Can I have an amen? It's true, but we had a generational curse in our family of sexual perversion and a generational curse of alcoholism. And thank God... Uh, we stop that in our family so that our children don't have to deal with that demon. Come on, everybody. And see, and same with many of you here. Many of you have cut that curse off so that it doesn't have to go onto your children nor your grandchildren. I declare that my grandchildren will never, ever suffer with the generational curses of our former past in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So same with you. Say, I'm not alone. I'll close with two verses, uh, two scriptures, one in Isaiah, it says this. Isaiah 43, now this is God speaking to Israel, but I'll, you can take that as your own. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving you captives. I've called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. There it is. I will accompany you, stand in support of you, 
and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And that word Savior in the Hebrew means avenger, defender, deliverer. He's your help, your rescue, your victory. That's what God is to you. But think about that. He says, I'll take you through the waters. I'll take you through the fire. And, you know, for anybody who's, you know, think about all the things you deal with in your life, you know, and, and the, the, the thing you can, you know, you can drown in oppression. You can drown in fear. Come on, everybody. You can drown in, in, in self-pity. You can, you can drown in oppression. I mean, there's, you can drown in so many things, but God said, he, he, he'll take you through it. You'll get through it. Get to the other side if you keep your eyes on him. Amen. One more verse of Scripture, and then we'll pray together. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, Hebrews 13, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, that's God himself, has said, here's your promise to you, this is promise to you, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So, saints, we take courage or we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Say it, say it, say it out loud. Say it again. Everybody lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, you're my helper. He is. And I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.